0: the 92 pod on a nice warm I, I, I wish it was warm but it's warm in my room Sunday evening as we're recording this excellently well-made episode it's been another crazy week of non-league football on the pitch and for, strangely enough this week off it's been relatively quiet but we'll feed you that non-league drip here on not the 92 once again myself and Thomas Mitchell here to give it to you And hopefully it'll be a good old show. Uh, As always, it's a pleasure to have you all sticking around with us for as long as you may wish to. And uh, this week, again, we're happy to bring this part to you in the circumstances that that we've been seeing in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it's sad what happened to the teams in the National League North and the South. What we heard uh, last week uh, on Thursday evening that the clubs decided uh, unanimously to curtail the rest of the season. Set a whirlwind of new situations, such as uh, Dorking appealing the decision, wanting to continue the season, them and 18 clubs following suit on that front. We'll talk about that and more of, of the matters regarding your clubs in the next 45 or so minutes. As always, though, must give a big shout-out to Moon Pie for a stranger living in my head, our intro song. Big, big shout-out to them, and hopefully they're doing okay up in... We all Scotland. Hopefully, they're, they're all doing okay. Great song. Check them out on Spotify and on, on Apple Music as well. Excellent band. They make great songs. Then, hopefully, again, hopefully, they can give us more of that lovely little little band stuff for next season, we may change the theme tune, who knows, we need to consult our Scottish friend first for that one, the other one is, uh, as always Faraday Sports, great kit providers make so many kits for non-league teams all around the United Kingdom and they may have been great partners for us on this show for a long time now so we appreciate their support too this season, as always check them out on at www.faradaysports.co.uk Uh, And finally, our socials. None none more so simple. If you want to find out more about non-league football when we go live with these pods and every single show that goes out, if you want to also add anything to the shows, we're more than happy to take them on twitter's nt92 pod in on instagram is the same but with the underscore between nt92 and pod and it's not 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 the 92 podcast at gmail.com something like that in the description below you'll see it and you can add your thoughts on our show and what you think we should talk about in the next one but without further ado bring in good old tom mitchell how are you doing there tom
1: yeah i'm doing very well thanks um yeah it'd be good to talk about uh, obviously the action happened this weekend uh, in the National League uh, All the latest news And of course the big FA Trophy games as well Which uh, talk about a certain goal We'll leave, leave, we'll leave it more to the time um, When we get round to talk about the FA Trophy But yeah it was uh, That goal which I'm sure a lot of fans Know on, on about uh, That was one of the hard, certainly one of the highlights of the weekend
0: mm, Absolutely And we have plenty to cover So let's get cracking Straight into it. Let's talk about, obviously, the fallout from last week's massive news. We, As I said to you last week on this show, we were recording originally a normal show, unaware of what the decision would be from the National League clubs into how they would foresee the rest of the 2020-21 season. Now, ultimately, the results led to the National League deciding unanimously to continue the season, whereas for the teams in the National League north and the south – it wasn't a completely uh, foregone conclusion in terms of the votes cast, but enough votes were cast to favour a curtailment of the season at nationally north and south level. It meant, uh, following that, that a variety of different varying opinions started to come out from clubs all over the United Kingdom at nationally north and south level. None more vocal than Dorking Wanderers and their owner Mark White, who also is the manager at the club. He was very vocal about the situation and said lots of things last week in terms of the way the club's voted, that it was against league's rules to like not oversee the overall voting procedure. There's been so many... There were so many different points of view and it's getting... It was getting a little bit more difficult for them to accept that they wouldn't be able to play. They're looking at the present moment in the playoffs in the National League South. Now, that obviously has a bearing on their opinion. A lot of clubs, though, are happy to hear this because some of the clubs near the bottom of the respective leagues, be it the National League North and South, and also in the National League, which has also been affected by this decision. It does mean at the current moment, the bottom three in the National League will not be relegated. So, really. Though the teams that are there are not under any threat whatsoever, but as i say, as I stressed just earlier on, eighteen or so teams have decided to appeal the decision on the national league's uh, agreement with the clubs to not to continue the season. There was a letter sent out which uh sort of captured the view of everyone in the <laughs> everyone in the leagues, and it was a surprise that it, it, it had to come up to this point But I wanted to get your thoughts on it Tom While I look for this letter How do you feel about the response From some of the clubs this week uh, Last week about The way that the voting went And whether it was right for them In the way, in terms of the results Of the vote To cancel the season As it, uh, as it was at the time
1: yeah, it is a very tough one. I remember saying at the time, um, obviously that there is going to be a huge split. Um, certainly for the South, uh, there was a more votes waited, obviously to to carry on as you saw in the letter. There was a a lot of a lot of uh, National League South clubs that certainly um, want the the league to carry on and have some sort of form of competition. So. I mean for the National League it is now going to be a real head scratch for them that this this let has come at their door. Um I certainly don't blame clubs for doing it. As I said, they'll be desperate uh you know f- to have some progression for their clubs and they obviously they they saw that as as get promoted and they they want some form of of promotion still to happen so they're going to fight like mad for it. And you know, there's certainly a lot of clubs who thought that the, the voting process um, was unlawful, for example. uh, So this, this, uh, you mentioned about Mark White there, uh, Ahmed, um, Mark White came out of this. He said our QC uh, believes the voting process was unlawful. Resolution one was required to be one vote per team. Resolution three should have been a special resolution, resolution requiring 75%. So obviously uh. Dawkins have uh, been asking for the league to continue uh, until the process uh, is finalised. But obviously, we're still uh, yet to have any more big decisions made on that. But I, as I said, I I do not blame um, clubs at all. I mean, there's been a few comments back saying it was a vote. You guys lost. uh, You get on with it sort of thing. But uh, I mean, yeah, you, you know, in these times you do have to act in the best interests for your club obviously people question it about you know about the the sport and integrity obviously for for teams that that couldn't afford to carry on and voted it against a season carrying on but I mean I'll be interested to see where it goes you know you know now that it's it's left at the National League's door their turn to, to properly respond I mean obviously um Mark Ives has uh, come out re- recently on the podcast and actually it's been quite well well received um, he, he gave some very good opinions obviously talking to uh, Oddie Bayless on the the, um, the non-league podcast and um, he did say they'll list, he'll listen to all the views of, of, of all clubs so obviously you know the, the letters play proposal maybe maybe something might happen out of that obviously there's a decent chunk of clubs who obviously put their names you said 18 of them put their names that letter Ahmed so i you know, maybe maybe this might not be the end. I, I again, maybe although a lot of people will, just, will, will want to, you know, will want to see the league traditional. You know, if the league does carry on, have to be traditional. But maybe this might be the first time where it'll be something different and maybe sort of a a mini 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 league. Sorry, I can't get my words mm-hmm. out there to to yeah. get to get teams promoted. Um, it is a tough one, though, as, as I mentioned about the you know that sport integrity has to be. All the teams involved, and that that was certainly annoyed. As I said, Mark he's going he can listen to views of all clubs, and I, I certainly think some clubs uh, will be annoyed by that. But yeah, I, I can completely understand, and I'm certainly interested to see where this is uh, all going to go. Um, it's I'd still say it's early days yet, and obviously, you know, Dawkins, uh, as we mentioned uh, in in our last podcast, knew straight away. Uh, the night the news came out, Dorkin were the first to really uh, express their unhappiness, especially with, with the the great position they're in to, to you know to to really go on uh, and, and win the league. So I think they'll certainly be fighting like mad. And uh, Eastbourne have come out and said on similar lines as well. That um, so this was David Blackmore, the Eastbourne Borough chairman. He says it's our position as the 18 clubs that that the league has acted against its own uh, constitution and against its own rules of voting, and that the the, the resolutions were actually unlawful. So again, they they said something on the, on the similar lines of, of Dawkins. So yeah, although Mark Ives has come out and spoken, I still say that it's at the National League's door and they're going to now listen to what the clubs have got to say and interesting to see what the next step on that's going to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting situation. I've uh, Having looked at that letter and the clubs that signed it, there is a strong majority of National League South teams that were Present on that letter You have the anomalies being in the north The Gloucesters, the Files, Boston And York, all of those teams ironically In the top half of the table Top seven predominantly in the National League North The rest of them are Scattered across the National League South Including said leaders of Dork, The leading teams in Dorking and St Albans as well the so few, of, few of those were all keen to play on But you know, it's a mismatch in that sense. You're not going to be able to get the clubs from the north to travel south freely and play against mm. a variety of teams in a mini competition like most leagues are planning to do in the lower tiers this summer. It would be difficult and again, it's a hard situation to decipher if you're a, te- a supporter of one of those teams. As, do you feel if, uh, if they do play on, is it the right thing to do? Because they are still risking, in sense their financial stability by doing this. Or is it in the long term? Could it benefit them if promotion was still included? And, and, and there's all sorts of different you know, variables and situations to take into consideration it 's hard it 's hard to examine it from the point of view uh, of the national League because they say very little they don 't make it so clear to us what their plans are only very much yesterday mark i have made it clear the starts the national league have but i 'm surprised still that they haven 't come out and said we 're opening our we 're opening our doors to everyone and anyone for like a clear for like clear responses and uh, you know, for you guys to s- still give us information you want us to hear about the situation because we're not feeling like it's all clear up, cleared up just yet. And that's, a, that's something I still feel needs to be sorted out. If they are clear with their fans and the people who are really like the chairman, the board members of those clubs, I think we see a much better, a much, play, and I think a much more cleaner plane across all... Across all of the divisions, because at the moment it's really just centrally focused on the sole division that's continuing to go on right now, and you still also have clubs that are not sure at the moment uh, whether they'll stay up in the division or not, with the decision that was made by the clubs below them uh, last week. So that's a surprise. That's something that is still very surprising. Another thing that surprised me this week. Wilson this week have briefly made an update on their website. Now, Wilson currently, having had a good start to National League season, have faltered of, of recent matches and have really dropped down the table. And the club at Grosvenor Vale have felt that they had to release an update on the current playing and financial situation, given to the continued uncertainty and decision for the National League uh, Premier Division to continue. In like the shortest way possible um, they say that they should only uh, because i don't want to talk too long it bores people to death we 'd saying letters and all that out loud, but they say that if only mean a company should only take loans off uh, uh, only take loans so either fund or working working capital or because the loan is part of a pathway to a future profitability to cover operating costs without the reasonable, expect, reasonable expectation of future profits to make repayments is not considered an appropriate cause. Of action by the board of that club and is arguably reckless. So, the club have taken three have three main options in regards to the rest of this season. So, in a sense, they're following Dover's uh, you know path in this in the scenario where they are either not to continue playing by furloughing everybody uh, in the first team and everyone else. And then field, but their scenario is more to focus on saving money. So they'll play a team which is happy to play for free for the rest of the season. Uh, under, this, under this scenario, the only really pay for the pitch maintenance, uh, the training sessions, try it all away from home, and hosting matches. But the base, overall cost base will be reduced. So They'll still. I think they. The players don't get paid in the situation. It's very different to so Premier League or such, where you still pay your players. Like last year when we had the lockdown, people, were st- players, were still being paid in the Premier League Championship for you know training and all that in their houses while this pandemic raged through the country. Whereas now it's a different situation. Now obviously non-league didn't have much, didn't have much of a help there. Everyone was furloughed last year. It's the same thing this year. It is no different. So, Wilson looked to do that. And the third option was to seek permission from the National League not to fulfill our remaining fixtures on the basis of protecting the... Uh, what is it? On the basis of protecting the future of one of its member clubs. If, to consider that even this, we would require guidance of National League as to any consequences of this approach. We understand that numbers two and three are ones they are contemplating have, have as a proud club and founder member of the National League and its original guys of the Alliance Premier League. Options two and three are highly unpalatable to us. However, unlike option one, they do not risk the feature of the club's current form. They also clearly impact the sports integrity of the only football's top tier, especially if this approach is taken by a number of clubs. So they did eventually go with option one, which was to further the players and. Sorry, sorry. Option one, sorry. Uh, I read, misread it. Option two was the further players. Option one to continue the season with the current playing squad, funded by incurring substantial loans, um, which may have a damaging, uh, damaging financial position on the club. Just want to make sure. uh, I'm just making sure I don't misread anything here because you never know with uh, anything. Yeah, so regressive have had to no, so they're not, sorry, they're not taking a loan. But what they have done is they have had to follow a small number of the players they have in the squad simply because we cannot continue to maintain a full playing squad with little or no income. So I apologise for, for that. They have followed a number of players at the club. So evidence of this was now that I'm comparing the statement to last the last match that Wilston played. Was the previous Saturday against against Sutton Where they still had a few of those players in the team This week, a number of those players were not available And ultimately they were beaten So, Tom, talking on that matter It's not good to hear that Especially for a team that were recently promoted from the National League South As champions, especially It's not good to hear that And... For them to now decide that they cannot to to still be able to play football this season they 've had to sacrifice a number of players for that common cause of not only to survive in the division but to also keep a stable financial ground. What are your thoughts on, on wilston 's uh, situation
1: yeah i i to be honest ahmed, I find it very very sad, and again i've said this a number of times, but you know, for the league to carry on some clubs are, you know, clubs are being put in this really unfortunate position where they're having to do stuff like that. And some people may look at it as, as like the, you know, again, I've mentioned this phrase sport and integrity, but you know, people look at, you know, a win against Willstone, what would that mean for, you know, winning win against Wildstone previously in the season where they would, you know, would have been at full strength. But uh, again, I, I completely agree. Wildstone Stance, you have to do what's right for clubs. Uh, you know for, for, for your club and you know it's, in these tough circumstances I don't blame them at all uh, for, for what they've done um, it'll be extremely sad for, for the players because they have to sit on the sidelines you know thinking I wish I could be at my club here but obviously from a financial point of view you know the, the club are doing the right thing so yeah it's, it, it's an extremely tough situation that is one of the 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 big cons to be fair of the league carrying on, although obviously people certainly met, you know, mention a lot of pros, which there are to, to be fair, you know, is, you know, the clubs who can afford it, um you know, fans, of those clubs that can afford, uh, you know, that can afford it. And for their clubs to be competitive, they'll be delighted that the season's carry on so their clubs got really, really something to play for. But as you mentioned as well, Ahmed, their uh, national league status could be on the line there, which, maybe if we be thinking it, if the, you know, the league hadn't have, uh, you know, continued, maybe that, you know, they the, the could be playing, guaranteed playing National League football, but now the next season, but obviously now it's all online. So yeah, it's, it's a extremely tough situation at being put in, but in my opinion, they have done the right decision there. Um, it's certainly going to be very tough for Worldstone, uh going forward for the rest of the season. There's certainly going to have to be a, a, a real togetherness and a, know a real strong mentality there for, to see if, you know to to get results and that the you know the team that's been filled out if they can keep Woolstone up, I think that would be actually one of the the best achievements of the, of the season. Looking at Woolstone just itself as well, they've had they've had a tough season with obviously Dean Brennan leaving and obviously what which everyone has been going through all the questions with the league carrying on at the moment. Obviously it it's shown it's affected them financially so. You know if Wilson can stay up that that would be an amazing achievement. Um but obviously it is going to be very tough in the in these circumstances. And um yeah I but some, sometimes you are left with no choice and have to put the club first even though it you know you look at it puts the club at a disadvantage of staying up but for its future which is the most important thing um yeah in my opinion that they, they have done the the, the right thing there. Um, so for, for Wilson going forward, it's, it's, it's a big opportunity for the players that are going to be playing, for, for, for them to, to real, really step up. Um, but, yeah, I feel, for, I feel for everyone at that club. Um, obviously, it's something that you don't want to do, but unfortunately, in this situation, it is necessary.
0: Another thing which caught my attention, and yes, Wilson's plight, not pleasant. But this, as I mentioned, obviously, compared to last week when they lost 3-1 to Saturday United. Was it 4 I think 4-1, yeah, 4-1. lost 4-1 to Saturday United. It was a different sort of game. This week they lost. They had an evident uh, disparity with their opposition, where losing at home as well, it didn't look very good. And there's a number of players they have let go on furlough uh, for a short period of time. It did eventually prove that they are in much more of a of much more problems than we initially thought they were. So I feel they'll get okay. Another thing that's been uh, drawn our attention is Kings Lynn have been vocal about their situation. Now, yesterday when we recorded this on Sunday, I was like, this is the twenty eighth of February. The day before was supposed to be the day that they would have planned to cease footballing operations simply because owner Stephen who has been on our show before and a good friend of ours has voiced his opinions about the situation. He's recently to ITV Anglia and also to various outlets in the United Kingdom. But recently he has decided that the only way that they'll be able to continue playing football this season is by launching the Linux donation pledge to give assistance to their current financial plight. Uh, The owner himself says he can no longer afford to participate in the international League without assistance. So... Eventually, they've succumbed to the only other way they know how to make money without ending their season, and that is by asking the many a fan to contribute. Now, each pledge is priced at three hundred pounds. Now, that's a lot. In any case, it's a lot of money, but in the posi- looking at it from, let's say, in both a pro and con sort of uh, your viewpoint. Pro, yeah, they continue the season. It puts them, in some way, in a more comfortable financial position. It means Stephen Cleve doesn't have to commit so much money anymore, and it guarantees they play football all for the remainder of this year. On the flip side, though, in the con... It's a lot of money. Three hundred pounds. You can spend that on a lot of other things. Now we're not obviously as an only podcast, we do, well, we're not in any way advocating you should give up that money unless you are a Keane's fan. That's fine. You need to do whatever you can to support the club. I don't expect uh, too much different from other fans as well because they will also in some way want to see that team stay afloat. We've seen many of these sorts of uh, pledges done before. For clubs in the national league as well, so they've been looking out or pledging to the public for anything. I would have gone along the lines of more of a you know a more free a free flowing way of earning money instead of going with a fixed amount and then hoping that a hundred or so people contribute about a hundred or more people contribute that amount to the club. It's a bit of a weird way for them to go about it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, um I again I I do agree there, Ahmed, that maybe I suppose in, in hindsight it's been a few days since they've released that. Maybe they think should we maybe released it differently? But I think if I put my you know if I put myself in the shoes of Stephen Cleve, he's making it very clear. I mean, that's a lot of money, but he's making it very clear, this is what we need. Um, I suppose you can look at the, from the point of view, something's better than nothing. They maybe should have just done, yeah, a free-flowing, pay what you can. Um, but, yeah, again, I suppose it, it may be attacked as well. He's making it very clear to National League, well, this is what fans, you know, for me, for me doing this, this is what... the. the the price, the price—you know—the amount of money that we we need to survive. Um, it, again, it, I I compare it to, obviously with Wiltshire. It's another situation where you know clubs are, are being put in a position where that you know they feel like they have no choice but to do something they they really don't want to do. But well, it's I I'm really caught in the middle of this this one to be honest um, because on the other hand, it, sometimes you do have to take risks and maybe go with stuff less like and just hope that fans do come together. And obviously Kingsland fans are, are extremely passionate and they're, they're a club that is moving in the right, the right direction, um, which again, they're fully more annoyed that they haven't had the, the help. Cause I'm sure Kingsland feel like they they, they really can survive. But obviously they feel like with the league continuing like the, continuing like this, they'll be in an extremely weak position Um but, I mean, if if this does work, it's a masterstroke for, from Stephen Cleave. But I think you will know himself. It is a risk. But sometimes, yeah, you maybe have to go with stuff like this and, and hope it works. But £300 is a lot of money. Fans love their football clubs. But also, in, in these times, those fans have their own lives as well. And I'm sure, you know, people will be thinking of money a lot during this time. Um, and... Yeah, that that that's a that's a lot of money to give up. I again, it's one of those situations where I, I think time will tell whether this has been a success or not. I think it's obviously it's only just been really, you know launched this week. Um, I hope it does go well for Kingslin, but again, it's example. You know, it's it's showing the league up that yeah. Again, in 2021, clubs are having to do. You know, non-league clubs, uh, non-league clubs in, in the top non-league division, as well, I, I having to do this. It again, it really does show the national league and the DCMS up. To be honest, but I, I, I really wish Kingsland well with this. I, I I'm praying it, it it does work. But yeah, it, it, I'll be, I won't be surprised to be fair if a lot of fans say we want to support the club any way we can but 300 quid is a bit too much. Maybe, you know, fans will go to Stephen Cleave and say, we can give you know, this amount of money, will, will, will this help? Maybe, maybe you know, fans liaison with Stephen Cleave more, uh, you know, yeah, fans liaison with Stephen Cleave about this. Maybe that, yeah, they they can come together and have some resolution. Maybe they, they can put together en- enough money for it to carry on at, you know, People putting in different prices. I'm, I, I'm not sure it's a. It's extremely tough situation for for Kings Lynn um, to be in at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at their like the their site where they've put the pledge on. There's no gauge, so we don't know how much they've made so far, which is a bit of a surprise. But I can understand a little bit as to why they've done that. But. One of the pledges, the early pledges for the club is actually one of the Norwich City Associate Directors, Kevin Dack. I believe he used to play for them, I'm not sure. But he said uh, the following As a Norwich City supporter and a general football fan of 50 years, it is very frustrating to view the challenges faced by Kings in town and other similar community football clubs in the face of the pandemic. In general, I would have hoped that the football, or in a wider sense, or and all the government would have resolved the issues. Community Football clubs our vital resource which we must seek to protect. In that spirit, he is happy to produ- to make a £300 pledge and a contribution to their fundraising initiative, as well as wishing bit in their bid to retain their recently achieved national league status. So Kevin Duck, one of the established names in the Nor- Norwich City uh, structure made a pledge. So it's clear to see that even f- yeah, at this point, champ- a championship club, are happy to support in some way. If it's just one person that is even surprised, it's it's good. That one person from a championship club is happy to give up money from his own pocket to support the club. I'd love to see if the local, if Norwich generally can aid them in some way, not financially, but in like a way where they can, you know. You, try and give them moral support or anything like that to just help them keep going because Anglia football hasn't seen much success. Notch and Ipswich are really the two big teams in that area. And then you look around, there isn't much else. Bows and Pitzi are near the south of that area. There's not much... They very often have big games every once in a while. They had one in the... They have Hashtag United playing there. That gets a crowd normally. There's also... There's also, I think, in and around that area, the closest to the Anglia region will suffer, but they're a football club. We don't call it Anglia. That's close to London and Anglia, damn it. But in that area, predominantly, there are very few clubs. And those three really dominate that area. And if anything, it's which are the most successful club in that, in, in the Anglian region, having won an FA Cup, a FA Cup in their time under the late Bobby Robson. It uh, he, he will resonate with Thomas. as Bobby was the manager of Newcastle for a long time, but uh, the I should have said Sir, so Sir Bobby Robson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. It, it's a very you know bland area in terms of football the Anglian region. So I think for Kingsley, this is a big deal, and it would matter a lot if any, if if, if at best as many fans can pledge was then great but as Tom suggested you're better safe if a fan wants to pledge anything doesn't matter how much let them pledge it because you don't know how much you can make maybe even it could exceed how much you could have you would have assumed to have earned if you hadn't gone with a stock amount of money to, from the get go so it's interesting but you kind of want you kind of wished for more uh, finally Tom Another interesting element of news, it's outside of the National League, but it's very sad that we've heard the news that, that football, the football FA has agreed to curtail the National League the national league season below, uh, step three below. Uh, it has been, I believe it has been ratified by the FA because it's obviously been four days since they announced it. We're obviously recording this today, but the overall voting went in Step three and four, uh, 63% null and void, 60 percent with an August restart to the rest of the season, and 21% with an other alternative, either to restart or etc. Et and at steps five and six, a similar majority of 55% with 4 to so null and void it, 14% to start game August, but a larger amount uh, of clubs at 31% with, with, with other reasons, i.e., to the restart of the season or other avenues as such. It was it was a big surprise uh, that particular piece of news. No decisions have been made with promotions or relegations yet. They would have, they will ratify, but I'm not sure what we will gather with regards to relegation and promotion. If there is a relegation from step three or step two, uh, which I doubt that there, which I doubt will change anything, then there's a chance for the teams at step three to hopefully get promotion to actually northern south. It's a bit of a harsh one, if I say so. I think Tom would agree. It's hard to relegate teams that haven't had a real chance to do it on the pitch this season. They've had not enough games at the bottom either, so you can't do points per game. But in terms of step three or six, I don't know how many... There's not been as many games uh, there as well uh, compared to the National League or something. I think it's been about 15, 16, 17 games for some. Have played up to 19 in step four as well. I've seen a few tables there. Sad to hear it, Tom, again, it's not looking good, but we said this previously, with the roadmap obviously being laid out by Boris Johnson last week in regards to how we're getting back to normal from uh, the 8th of March onwards, every five weeks we have a uh, a new step out of lockdown with different restrictions being lifted, how do you view this particular piece of news?
1: I felt it's been inevitable for, for some while. Um, I think a lot of people I've seen thought they're surprised that the announcement was made. Actually, at this time, I thought the announcement for Step 3 and 6 uh, not continue would have been made a lot earlier and has left the clubs in, in the dark a bit. Although, obviously, I think the clubs are known deep down that um, them steps aren't going to be continuing. But... I think we spoke about this on the last podcast. Um, for me, obviously, the May the 17th is, is the date uh, they're hoping that fans can come back for. Obviously, a lot's been made about here you know, when they come back for the, the, the Premier League games and, and test events. But obviously, we're thinking of the non-league perspective. And I, I think once that is done i we the friendlies for me um, um we mentioned this quite a bit they're very important now um i i think that the best way to go forward is um for friendlies to to be organized um local clubs to to help to help each other out um and i, I think also for for clubs that will that will give the players um a, a longer preseason that than usual um obviously the humongous break they're going to be have they're going to have coming up and big decisions are going to have to be made by clubs um, in in the steps to, to three leagues of who who's going to, who's going to come in maybe for next season. But obviously I think what's going to be on the agenda is who's maybe going to have to go. There's maybe going to have to be a bit of cost cutting. But for, yeah, the, the minute fans are allowed back in, I think they'll certainly be looking to make the most of them and hold events at clubs. And obviously, as I mentioned, um, you know, hold friendlies, I think obviously big reason that'll help financially for for uh, people just come through the gates, every little is, is going to help at uh, uh, this time. But obviously, from the football side of things as well, for for yeah, for the, for the players to you know to to get going and to to get to, to get that pre-season going and to to you know to get some game time. So uh, it is very sad, though. At the same time, maybe the, there were some fans who had faint hopes, maybe things continuing. But um, you know, for example, uh, just looking at the Yasmin League, they've ruled out a secondary competition for the season. There was a vice chairman, Craig Johnson, non-league paper said, yeah, the, um, the League has decided against, they'll, they'll not be running a, a league cup type of event, which obviously we spoke about earlier, that that's what the nationally north and south clubs uh, may be looking to do. Um, again, another example of, of what, um, you know, clubs in the set three to six bracket think. Um, and again, this comes from the non-league paper. Again, huge credit to non-league paper by the way obviously people look at them and think it's a, it's a tough time for not a lot of football in non-league, but they always come out with, with, with these, with interesting stories and get the quotes from big, important people in these leagues. Um, again, so Northern Premier League chair, Mark Harris said, he says the league, uh, the Northern Premier League, they won't be uh, offering a formal competition for clubs. You may want to play in April, May. So We're getting the vibe here that, yeah, a lot, a lot of clubs and yeah, steps five to six are, are on the same page and the, I think the seasons are going to be non void. I yeah, I can't see any promotion or relegation personally. Um, I mean that's obviously that yeah, still has still needs ratifying. There's still going to be some communication, in the national league uh, north north and south north and south and you know the the clubs below that. But I yeah, I, I expect um, for the decisions to be ratified and you know for Felice for you non know, void, which is a huge disappointment. Obviously I, I mentioned actually you mentioned national League United obviously. One of you know the more well-known clubs for obvious reasons was Spencer Owen's online presence and he's he obviously it was a few months ago he came out and said on BC Radio five live he says the leagues you know this season last season should have been joined together because clubs felt there was a very good chance that uh, again the season will be none and void and here we are season will be none and void and again they'll feel it's another huge waste of time so that makes it an extra disappointment that some clubs like Ashley United saw this coming. But um, we are still come to this conclusion. And, yeah, as I said, I expect the decision to be ratified. And I think clubs will be planning for, you know, a, a lot of friendlies, for, to, to, to you know, for fancy of the football clubs, for financial reasons, to, just to get their players playing on the pitch again. But obviously, Ahmed, it is very sad to see these leagues, um, you know, look like they're, they're not going to be continuing. And, yeah, I, I really wish them the best over what is going to be the best of luck, which is over what's going to be very tough period for them. Hopefully they'll come out stronger from the other side. And next season they can get going. They can be the best plan possible in in place in case Maybe I really, I really, really hope something like this does not happen uh, again. And hopefully we'll be getting a a full season for all the steps, uh, three, six clubs um, next season. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and we are hoping that uh, those clubs are hopefully starting to plan something for May seventeenth onwards, for when we are able to see uh, football being played in front of a crowd. As uh, Tom stressed, the Premier League will have a match, at least one match, will be played in front of a crowd. This has brought arguments from many clubs who don't get the chance to host, uh, fans for the end of the season. So there is a, you know, there's a few. Voices coming out of the headquarters in London About possibly moving Match Day 37 back To allow fans to be in the grounds for at least one home game For each of those teams So we're not sure, I'm not sure about that I mean personally, we all would love to see our respected teams No matter who we support at a game before the end of the season But like I said, um, Tom stressed last week The best bet you're going to get to see football this season won't be in the Premier League. It could either be the European Championship should they be moved to England, or if it's moved, uh, if anything, it's those local competitions that leagues are arranging or some clubs are looking to do during the summer. Uh, One of the brave things that I've seen, though, is that the West Cheshire League, one of the few leagues looking to continue their season, As they have said, on the 7th of April, if I'm not mistaken, I have to just make sure I'm not looking at the wrong uh, picture here, because there's so many different badges. But they said, there we go, on the April, sorry, April the 7th. So they are step 7 to step 9. They will restart their season on the 3rd of April. Each team will play one match against everyone else. Uh, uh, one, One match against everyone else in the league. The season will end on May 31st, and whatever match is... I don't know how they will do it, I think it's pretty simple However many teams they have in each of those leagues You play one time, get your points Most points wins, blah 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 Champions, relegation, so on and so forth That's the plan for them They're one of the few teams That are looking to continue that season Another thing obviously is the FA VARS It's the competition that is Constantly paraded As one of the big opportunities for teams below National League, North and South And beyond to try and to try and win that competition, have a day at Wembley, and hopefully get a good payday as well. It's a big amount of money for winning those get finals in our non-league finals day. Was, we're hoping? They're hoping to continue that competition from April. So clubs who are still in that competition are now being instructed to start training ahead of those particular matches. And I believe behind closed doors friendlies are being played to. Encourage teams who are in the competitions, I think, or maybe even if they can arrange a local team to come together, hopefully, they will stay COVID negative and all that to come over and play a game. So, here's hoping those friendlies keep those clubs going and they get some, you know, some game time opportunities to keep fitness up before they play that uh, the restart of that competition because the FA do need a winner. We are, I do, behind the scenes believe there will be a double double finals day. So the VARs, I believe, was curtailed, but the trophy will continue. So there'll be a winner for the 2020 trophy soon. Arrogates obviously need to have a free weekend to do that as they are in the final and they are meeting Concord Rangers. Concord are not to have this year's tournament. So we're still hoping that there's something for them to play for. And there's still, as I said, good money involved in winning that game. So if Concord's season doesn't continue, all their hopes will now pin on that game against Harrogate being a one source of financial income. If they win that game, great. If they don't, then alas, you get the loser's money, but it's not as lucrative. And that's something to be said there. There's that and there's also the final of this year's Svazen Trophy as well that should happen in and amongst that. So it might be a busy weekend sometime when the season either ends or in between the international break we're not sure we're going to see what the FA do though in regards to the 2020 final for the FA Trophy and this year's final for the FA Trophy and FA Vars beyond that we have one big one more big bit of news and Halifax deciding to take a loan out it's something we didn't expect to happen Halifax who last week beat Torquay United in the FA in, in the I say FA Tory for a second in the league in front of the BT Sport cameras in a dramatic passion, winning three uh, two at Playmore, a fantastic force from Pete Wilde's side. But unfortunately, off the pitch this season, they have taken the extremely difficult decision to and the only route available to them to take a low-cost loan from Sports England, uh, this is of this is, of course is the last resort. Given we've been debt-free since 2008, and does not and does not sit comfortably at all with those at the club, at the boardroom level. So uh, I don't know what to say, Tom. It's not something we were hoping to hear this year that a club have had international league, especially, have had to make the decision. Um, for I wouldn't say that like they're giving up something to stay afloat, it, it's not something that they'll be proud of. I don't think it's good that they've done it, but they're doing what they needed to do to stay afloat and be able to play football for the rest of the season. Um, well, it's, it's not. As, as fans, we feel like the, the clubs are more or less in some form united in the sense that they don't want to fall into this trap. But for some, it gets to the point where their palms get sweaty and they feel a little bit like they can no longer do what they feel is right. Uh, and they have to go against the grain. Someone had to go against the grain at some point. If it's not, if it's not them, it's got to be us. And uh, they felt now... We've hit that point where we can no longer I don't know, pay the players pitch maintenance. I mean, the pitch at uh, the Shaman's home ground in in Yorkshire isn't the most ideal place uh, to play football at the moment, particularly because they're about to start the rugby league season as well. So you've got Halifax RLFC about to kick off their league season there too. It's a whole whirlwind of problems, Tom, but for them to make this decision is a big one.
1: It is. Um, and obviously... They've been debt-free since 2008, so that makes it even harder, to, to be honest. And yeah, in my opinion, again, as I've said all along, it's it's you know it's disgraceful uh, from the league that that clubs have felt like they've been put in this position. I mean, I mean, of course, I agree with what you said that they they felt like that they tried to take that stand, but I mean, they they'll be thinking we we have to have the best opportunity to stay in the national league. And again, this is a horrible decision for that, for them to take one. I, I was surprised a little bit that they, they took, but I can also understand as, as well. And yeah, for, for, for them to, to be put in this situation. With, it's just another situation I mentioned with Wilson and King Kingsland, that a situation that they, they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to be in But, they feel like in these current circumstances to have no no choice at all and you also look at this you know that this may it's another reason why i, I hope not but this is going to cause a big division within the national league for for these last um few games that you know clubs like yeah like halifax here are having to 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 take loans out um and you know put themselves you know in this extremely tricky position where uh, again, they, they've worked so hard over the years that, that you know, they've been debt free for for, 20, uh, for 13 years now. And, you know, in circumstances that we, we've continuously said could have easily been avoided if things have been handled a lot better. Um, they, they wouldn't have, it would have stayed the way it was and they wouldn't have been in this position where they you know, they it, it, although they're not forced, forced to do to do this, like um, otherwise, you know, and they haven't been forced way, They're going to be kicked out of the league, but they they basically feel like for, for their own league status, this this is the, this is the best way, and it, it's just really sad. And it, it's it's another reason why this situation, um, yeah, had, is is a, is a is a shambles at uh, at times, to be honest. And it's it's a huge shame that. That Halifax, um, yeah, have had to do this, but sometimes what what choice do you have? And it's it's not right all. It's mm. absolutely not right all. And uh, again, it's another it's, it's another reason why you see a lot of fans calling for huge changes on on the National League board. Uh, and we we spoke about this a lot, and it, it really feels like that the, there's a need for for new competent uh, and trans and you know and transparent leadership. Uh, up in the National League headquarters, and yeah, th- this is definitely evidence um, as to why a, a lot of people uh, think of that.
0: All right. well, it's sad again that we've again had to speak about a lot of negative news this week, not ideal, particularly with the landscape of the National League at the moment, with a lot of clubs such as now starting to affect them. In fact, at this very point but clubs like Wilson and Halifax making decisions that they, I'm sure, in their heart of hearts, don't want to do. Ultimately, though, you're facing a lot of... You're seeing a lot of uncertainty. You're facing near enough, surefire financial ruin. The next best thing you can do is either take the risk and, of a of certain number of players like Wilson have done or to, you know, take the bait that's being offered to you take the pain now hopefully with the the ambition of later on not having that problem which Halifax have gone with taking the low cost loan now Uh, I mean in regards to Halifax I hope that the money that they are getting is sufficient enough for them to survive the rest of this season and keeping tabs on that they hope that next season they will not have to uh, face this problem of crowds, obviously not being able to visit grounds, and who knows what will happen. But you know, we we, we wish them well. We wish both them and Walsall, well. and all clubs in the National League, uh, in the current with the current situation rife in, in in its entirety, being a problem. That we are hopefully going to see a better outcome in the future. But we are coming up to the point now. We're nearly a year into the we over a year in a pandemic. I think the UK didn't enter it. Officially, until the thirteenth of March, which was when we saw as football fans the Premier League started to have problems with matches being postponed because of the COVID nineteen pandemic hitting home pretty hard, and then suddenly everything stopped after that day. When we, I think it was also the year anniversary, we heard the National League would continue the season, and then suddenly, as soon as they saw how bad it got, said, "Nope, nope, nope, that's it for us. No more football for us. We've got to stop." So we're getting to that point. And also, the times it's the last day of February, it's the day after Kingsley promised they wouldn't play football again. We've got until the final scenario was sorted. It's going to be interesting interesting to see what happens this midweek. Will they continue that fixture Uh, they are looking to play? We're going to talk about that very shortly. But it is now time to talk about the -the on-the-pitch matters. Now, this week, of course, it has been a... Hectic week since we last recorded, lots of things have happened in the National League, which shocked plenty and surprised and surprised few. But as it's the only league running, it was certainly up for more interesting debate. As always, talking United continuing their good run of form up after the defeat to Halifax Facts the previous Saturday, where 2 1 went up Solihull Moors. Uh, Sutton beat Dagger with a late penalty, which caused controversy in the Daggers' ranks. Lots of fans rattled by that decision by a 2 1 win. Two penalties to Harry Beats in that game as well. Auto shot thrashed, made had head 4 2 at York at uh, uh, York Road. No goals to Halifax and Hartley and Hartlepool. Sorry. Uh, Borland are probably sharing the spoils at 1 1. Ulster losing away from home to Chesterfield. Uh, Kingsley thrashing Barnet in midweek, uh, nil against Barnet, nil nil draws for Notts County, Stockport and Wilston against Eastley. This was before Wilston lost the players that they agreed to furlough, and Yeovil beat Weber three one. Moving into with that taken into consideration, moving into Saturday, they turned into a different sort of plane because a number of clubs who were still in the FA Trophy were participating in that this weekend, and. The quarterfinals did offer some excellent, excellent ties. The results, though, are the ones that surprised many. We've had two big scalps in terms of the National League candidates. First and foremost, <clears throat> Hereford, the, re- the Phoenix Hereford, winning 5-3 on penalties after Michael Bakari scored after six minutes before a late, late equaliser for order shot from Josh Reese, forced a penalty shootout. Ultimately, though, Hereford came out on top. In the shootout, 5-3. Fantastic day for her. uh, Their first big opportunity at Wembley for a long, long time since the reincarnation of that club when they were expunged from the EFL way back in the day. It was very sad what happened to them. And it's good that they're on the rebound immediately. The other surprise is that the Hornchurch train is still running. It's still going strong. Yet again, knocking out National League opposition for the third time in the FA Trophy. This time, away from home to Darlington. A 2-1 victory up in the north with with two goals from Nash and Higgins to secure the win. Enrico Sosa pulled one back for Darlington. So ultimately the Will Hatfield's red card made life harder for the home team and Hornchurch yet again pulling off a miracle in the FHR. Are through to, I believe it's the first time they've beaten the semi-finals of this competition. So a big shout out to them and a well done uh, to AFC Hornchurch. We'll try and, for next week try to get thoughts from their camp on their victory. County found it hard at the beginning against Oxford you City and own goal through Ty- Tyler Golden. Golden. I said golden for a second. He scored around goal, but it wasn't golden (laughs) in the 26th minute to open a score at Oxford City. But a fantastic comeback from Notts County, fronted by Elijah Sam, who scored as the commentator of Notts County described it as a contender for the Pushcast Award. A ball from the left-hand side drilled into the box, and Elijah Sam, who was was facing uh, his back to goal, on a swivel, had his leg up in the air, turned on a swivel to, while turning on a saw shot and volleyed it over the keeper, Ben into the top of the net. In one of the finest goals you've ever seen, it's hit over 2 million views on Twitter and has had numerous major platforms starting it out. It is a dare foresight clear, clear a great goal as any and he deserves the plaudits his game, does really, the man from Notts County. Big goal. That made it 2-1 well after equalising in the 49th minute. It was the goal that captured the game, really, because Oxford never recovered. Jimmy Knowles, though, secured the win for the home side with a third, and a fantastic victory for Notts County, as they get another opportunity to get to the semi-finals through to the semi-finals again of the FA Trophy, and a shot that only gets ever closer. But the big result of the weekend, Woking, who knocked out second-place Sussan in the last round of the FA Trophy, have only gone and done it, again. Again, another 1 0 win against Torquay United. The a loses a goal in the 37th minute. Malakai Napa did the hard work on the wing, juking past the player, tipping it, it's all loser. He found himself in the penalty area, sliding it past the keeper to make it 1 0 in the 37th minute. It was enough for working, who, like they did against a doggy defensive display against Torquay United side, who I I'm, I'm very sure played a great. I'm sure we would have had better if they would taken a couple of their chances, particularly a couple from Billy Waters and Levy Evans in that game. But ultimately, <clears throat> a huge opportunity of working to now win their fourth FA Trophy, for the first and the first one in over 25 years. Semi-finals will be drawn on Monday. We'll bring it, We'll bring you uh, our views on that in the next pod. Which we, hope to be, which we hope to release on Friday. It's a bit delayed this week with all this nonsense going on with the National League, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll bring you more thoughts on the draw for that on Friday. But huge results and big congratulations to all the teams we won, particularly to Hereford and Hornchurch, who each now have one big opportunity left before they make it to Wembley Stadium. And uh, we wish them particularly all the best. Obviously not the scouting, not Scouting Working, not scouting Lineage. They've won this competition before, but working the perennial winners, who've won it three, time, three times in four years in the mid-90s, will look to now make it their first in over 20 years. Before we get Tom's thoughts on those results, we are got to quickly breeze through the National League. As I mentioned, because of the the teams in the FA Trophy, matches were postponed for that reason. No COVID, thankfully. So we're happy to hear that all clubs are on a clean bill of health and a rest this weekend. But... The league picture still had a few twists, uh, to, twists and turns to make before we get to the midweek fixtures. Bob win against Sonny moores ended 2-2. Shimanga Moraes in the goals. Alex Goddard scored in within 40 seconds in that game. Uh, but the quick turnaround from Broward before, before half-time for Shamanca from the spot. Marais in the second half, seven minutes in, to make it 2-1 for the home side. But Adam Rooney, was very rarely scored, really, rarely see him on the pitch for Solihull. But he scored for the Birmingham side from the spot in the 59th minute. Parity remained until Mitch Tankos got sent off in the 89th minute. There was a crazy, sorry, a crazy fight going on over there. But share the points there. Great points for Bromley as they won 3 1 at home. Two goals from Michael Cheek and, and one from Joseph Kizzy all, all, all but condemned Altrigam to a 3 1 defeat. Jake Maltz scored uh, in the 36th minute at 2 0 down to narrow the deficit, but Kizzy made sure, uh, in fact, he equalised before Kizzy made it 2 1. And then Cheek scored from the penalty spot. A mad three minutes for Bromley to secure the points. Altrigam pretty much dented their, their hopes there. After that, they did have, however, a red card at home. So after Christopher Bush was sent off towards the end of the game, meaning he'll miss their South London derby against Sutton United. And he's been an influential player for them in those games, so bit of a loss for Newcastle suicide there. KSI, we were spoken, spoken about their financial scenario earlier on. Big, big result for them at home against Weymouth, having. Uh, six points at the bottom of the league Opening goal scored by Andrew Dallas after 13 minutes Tyler Denton equalised after 29 Andrew Robertson pulled, pulled the away side In front for a In the half hour mark While Cameron King equaliser five minutes later No goals in the second half And that game remained that way Up to the very end So points were shared A big, big loss of big opportunity for women to close the gap missed for them as Kings didn't get a point further away from from the relegation zone. Chesterfield went to Stockport and had a bad day up in in the Lancashire region, losing 2 0. James Jones, Alex Reid with the goals, uh, uh, somewhat still recovering from their period off with the COVID 19, pandemic and having sacrificed their FA trophy spot for it. But nevertheless, a big result for Stockport as they're hoping to stay in the hunt for promotion. As I mentioned, Wilson in midweek had a decent result, but this uh, decent result against Easterly drawing 0-0, but this was a point before they said they would furlough some of their players. Evidently, that's what happened, uh, as they eventually succumbed to a 4-1 thrashing by Wrexham. Two of the goals from Kwame Thomas in the 46th and 68th minute. And Luke Young and Dio Angus skulls as well, helping them to a 4-1 win. The other cell sent off. That was all after Wilson took the lead through Danny Parrish at the 34th minute. And they held out to half-time. But the four goals also for Wrexham was too much for Wilson to handle. The other side did get sent off for a second yellow card in that game. But again, big result for Wrexham. And their next fixture is against second-place United. A huge game in front of the BT cameras, that one. Yeovil versus Dagenham. Dagenham already feeling the injustice of losing to Sutton in midweek, have be- beaten again by a late winner this time from Tom Knowles. Callum Reynolds was sent off for a few minutes early after picking up two yellow cards in three minutes. To put the away side out to 10 men. Tom was profitable in that with the last-minute winner to secure or three crucial points. The late kickoff on, in front of the BT Sport cameras saw Harlepool United continue their excellent home-winning winning run at home with a 1-0 win thanks to Luke Alstron scoring the 30-second minute against Barnett. Barnett put a dog in display in, but ultimately again coming away with nothing. Story of their season, unfortunately. So uh, with all that taken into account, the table looks like this with Torquay not playing this weekend and Sutton also off, because obviously that game would have been against Macclesfield, and Macclesfield obviously expunged from the league. Neither of the top two played this weekend, but they'll get opportunities in midweek to make impact on the table as it looks, because third place Tartlepool have now gone level on points of Sutton, but remain nine goals worse off to the London team, with Stockport County three points behind them in fourth. Wrexham's winners now propelled them to fifth place, with Eastley creeping behind them in sixth. So these not County, who didn't play this weekend, but they all have the opportunity to play in midweek against Kingsland Tower, should the game go ahead. We are obviously not sure whether Kingsley will make the effort to travel or not. That is pending further update tomorrow from their Twitter feed. So, Nuts County, however, will hope that game continues on Tuesday night, so that they have the chance to close the gap on the teams above them. Warren Wood themselves, though, having had two consecutive draws following their win at Cup last Saturday, have now dropped back out of the promotion uh, playoff hunt. We're probably moving up a couple of spots as well, going three unbeaten now with their win at home on, sat- on Saturday afternoon. shot didn't play, so they'll be looking to. Didn't play having been knocked out of the FA Trophy, so they'll be looking to make headways on that when they go to North on Saturday. They don't get to play in midweek. Maidenhead, Yeovil, Sobbyhill, Moors, and Halifax are holding mid table. Yeovil's recovery starts to look a lot better now as they get ever clearer of the relegation, so they're now 12 points clear of the bottom three. Chesterfield's defeat has kept them within touching distance of the teams who are sort of trying to skip relegation in Woking and Dagenham. Uh, Wilson obviously defeated by Rex on Saturday are now three points above the red line with Kingsley a point further back with the game in hand. But Weymouth have played the most amount of games out of the bottom five teams and have yet to really make too much inroads on an opportunity to get out of the bottom three. They're on 20 points having played 24. Barney are on 12, but with 15 games played, is no athletic, but we are obviously fully aware that they have obviously ceased football operations there there is now a question whether their results will be expunged and the points that have been picked up by teams in that in that league are to be replaced with uh are to be replaced and i think either removed from records or replaced i don't know what they're going to do with that but we'll find out sooner rather than later so top let's talk about the fa Trophy first a massive weekend and some huge upsets and obviously we've Hereford and Hornchurch making history for their respective clubs and getting to the same finals of the national competition for the first time. How big is it for those clubs, especially when they have no football played? There's no guarantee at all they'll play football this season. How big is it that these results for them are now propelling them to a step closer to Wembley Stadium?
1: Massive. I mean, yeah, we've spoken about the heartbreak that those clubs have had. Obviously, the league's been uh, pretty much, yeah, made null and void. And... I suppose yeah, it gives it gives clubs like that the extra uh, incentive to you know this is their last chance of uh, you know keeping their football alive this season and um, you know for Hereford to go to an informal shot side as uh, as well uh, and go there and, and win on penalties what what achievement that was Hereford have had a, a, a very you know have, we're having a very steady season. Um, in the National League North, but obviously headlines have got to go to uh, Hornchurch. Um, as you mentioned, that stat Armid three wins against National League opposition is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, a lot of people would have fancied Darlington for that, especially for, for the disappointment they were having in the National League North. weren't on the greatest form, all the ball not played a lot of games, but. I mean, it sort of sums up really Darlington's disappointing um, season. You know, of little that there has been. It's it's certainly been truly disappointing. But take nothing away from AFC Hornchurch. What a win and what a feeling for Sam Higgins to to go and bag that penalty. Obviously, it was a huge it was a huge blow for them um, when uh, Arika Souza scored on the um, in the stoppage time of the first half. But the, you know, fair play, pull themselves together and. What a brave second half performance! Um, AFC Hornchurch put in. Well, yeah, we're well, well worth the win, and yeah, now what? The, what this means to them it, as well that financially, I, it, and, and on the football side of things, it what a combination it is for them. It's, it's it's massive in in so many ways, and obviously, yeah, you look at in particularly Darlington Hornchurch that, that game, two teams who yeah won't be continuing season that there's a lot online that one. So that was certainly one of the stand up games this weekend for Avsteen Hornchurch to go and win that. What, what what a huge win and you know for for clubs like that to go to go marching on to the semi finals. We as you mentioned Ahmed it's it's been a torrid period um in, in Hereford's history pretty recently but this looks like now a club that's steadily on the rise and they would think now what a boost it would be for them to to go and win uh, the FA Trophy this season and to bring that into um, when, when the National League north um, you know starts again next season. So there's a lot on line, for them, But obviously, I, th- I think if you're looking for if you looking at it, looking at it from a neutral point of view, AFC Hornchurch because they're the lowest ranked side in it. I think there'll be a lot. Of, I don't think be anything personal unless you are a rival um well, our rival club to, to one of the, the the clubs that are still in it but um AFC Hornchurch I think will be a lot of people's pick to, to to win it because what what a story it would be. But you know you're looking at Knott's County Woken, obviously it'd be the two favourites I mean that it was a bit of a shock to me that Woken um beat Torquay to be fair. Um you, you know I, although Torquay have dipped a little bit recently, I, I I thought you know Gary Johnson he won't he will not, um, you know, fail to take up the opportunity of, of adding a, another, trophy, another trophy to a CV. But it, what, what a reward it will be for you know, for Alan Dowson to 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 win something awoken, as you mentioned, Arme. They're the golden period and in the 90s with um, winning the FA trophy, and they, they love to bring that feeling back to the club. Um, and I think it, what a feeling it would be for, for Alan Dowson to. To go and do that, and Woken have haven't had an easy time in the league this season. But to go to the top two in the national, to, to you know, to play two top two sides in the national league and beat them both in a tactical masterclass from Alan Dowson huge, huge credit. And obviously, you know, not not to county a brave effort from Oxford City, but um, when you have a player like Alicia Sam new your team who can do that, <laughs> that, that ridiculous goal. M- move aside Olivier Giroud, Henrik <laughs> Mkhitaryan, it is Alicia Sam time. That was insane. Um, and I think a lot of people would argue maybe that, uh, you know, those two examples I've used, uh, the players who scored those sorts of ridiculous uh, finishes. Um I think it, a lot of people might think Alicia Sam's is the best and I, I certainly wouldn't disagree. And uh, certainly um, what a proud achievement it would be to, to see, uh, you, you know, a non-league player win, win the Puskas award. If he, if he is going to be nominated, let's not quite get carried away, but I'm certainly in the Alicia Sam for um, the 2021 Puskas award fan club. And yeah, that that was incredible, but obviously not County. I mean, uh, again, obviously their priority will be the league, but again clubs like this they, they want to be playing in big occasions uh, and I think a squad like Notts County can handle a promotion push and a push for the FA trophies well it'd still be difficult obviously but I feel like clubs clubs like Notts County are best equipped to do that and yeah I think that's I think that's a reason there why well, I think there'll be a lot of people's favourites um, to win the competition but you've seen this weekend who, who really thought maybe I think a lot of people maybe have had Darlington to, to beat Hornchurch Woken to beat Torquay Herifert's the old shot. It's been a weekend of shocks, and in the, the game that didn't have the shock in it, um, it had one of the best, one of the best goals in all the all divisions this season, all competitions this season. So sensational. Um, I can't wait for the draw tomorrow. I think there's going to be a lot more twists and turns. The FA Trophy, and yeah, I I, I really think that they could be shocked. I mean, uh, you know, I, maybe Hereford could, could go could go and do it. I think a lot of people obviously put. Not counting Woken as favourites, but I think Hereford would be good. Would be a very good dark dark horse uh, choice to win the competition. But as I said, it's all to play for now um, in the FA Trophy, and yeah, can't wait now for the semis and and then um, the final to come up.
0: Absolutely, or best of luck to all of the, all four clubs and. Credit where credit's due, especially until we are rooting for Horde Church on this channel. Hopefully, they will make it to the promised land of Wembley Stadium. Never often do you see this sort of like effort put in by a side who have literally got nothing to play for. They are not playing their football at all this season, so this is their last avenue of hope in in terms of pl- kicking up all this year. And they've knocked out three national league teams in the process of getting to this stage. It tells you how challenging, uh, how challenging the situation is, but for them to not have to focus too much on it, dwell on it for too long, and win these games against sides like them is fantastic, so credit where credit's is well to them, and to Hereford as well, of National League North, they're keeping that National League North flag flying high and proud for good old Tom, who's got not much to cheer for, I'm afraid, <laughs> in terms of National League North so then the last side, he can really keep a, a good eye on, so all the best to the Terriers there too, and hopefully they'll do us do those sides proud down below the National League. Obviously, the two big sides, Woking and Ox County, they'll be keen to add a trophy to their Arsenal this season. To the, not, to the league itself, Tom, we've, as I mentioned, big results in midweek and that fed through to the weekend. We've seen, I think, now the renaissance of Yeovil Town once upon a time, relegation fodder. Now they're in the mid-table and 12 points clear of the bottom three. And they are looking a very formidable side. We did just talk about T Kings Lynn's financial matters, but on the pitch, it still looks quite precarious to them down there as well.
1: Yeah, um, actually, Kings Lynn is a good place to start off because of, obviously they've had two very very big games recently. I think they'll be pleased to to pick up four points um, against you know Barnet and, uh, and Weymouth. That that Barnet result was uh, was some result though. The the five one, I mean, that was a a real, real, real horrible defeat for for Tim Flowers uh, to take, and obviously angered a, a lot of Barnet fans who um, sit ten points off Kingslin, um, which is the you know Kingslin are the safety club as it as it stands at the moment. But that was a a, a big point um, to get against Weymouth. Obviously, yeah, it was a very entertaining first half, and I, I you know although like Kingslin. may be thinking six points would have been amazing. I, I think they'll they'll happily take four, and to to come from behind twice as well. Um, will bring them a lot of joy, and yeah, obviously, looking a bit upwards, Yovel Town. What more can you say about them? They were in a horrendous decision, which we, which we uh talked about numerous uh, number of times on, on this podcast. But look at them now, they're absolutely flying. Even the, the defeat if you look at in, the, in their last five games was only you know a narrow loss, um, at Hartlepool. So, there's, there's nothing to to be ashamed of their foot for Yeovil, Um, you know, especially Hartlepool um, linking it back to Barnett as well. Beating Barnett one, obviously I think Barnett under a lot of pressure not to get hammered again. Actually, it was very harsh. Um, It was very harsh in in the end on Barnett, I thought putting a a, a decent effort, but obviously Hartlepool's quality was too strong. And, you know, yeah, going back onto Yeovil in the playoff situation, I think, they are the team to watch out for. Obviously, Maynard have fallen off a bit. Ultram, obviously, I, I'm not gonna lie, I had I had them down. I was pretty confident. Ultram were well on course to make top seven, but obviously, we're on a five straight defeats at the moment. That's taking a huge hit, um, hit for them. And yeah, you got to look out for teams like Aldershot as well. Obviously, uh, a big win for for Bromley, I, and that's a massive match, obviously. So. Bromley have experience winning at Sutton this season um, with that 1-0 victory in the FA Trophy and what a what a win it would be if they, if they could repeat that because um, obviously Sutton uh, didn't play this weekend and I think that's a big game coming up of course and obviously with, with that win for Hartlepool against Barnett they're now level on points for Sutton. Um, Stockport as well looking at them that was a big victory a winless in four um, before the, this uh, huge victory against Chesterfield and it was a big second half for because obviously Chesterfield, I thought, sort of put them in the little same bracket as Joval, struggling at the start of the season, but you know, really, really picking up. Obviously, two wins coming into the Stockport game, but obviously, Stockport ground them down the second half in the end. And Alex Reed seeing that one off. Um, so that you know, for, for Stockport, that still keeps their hopes alive, um, for that top spot. Um, obviously, they played the same amount of games as talking hype will have. But, yeah, you look at Wrexham, though, I mean, I mean, great for them to, to get back to winning ways against Willstone. So, I, I think Wrexham, Wrexham and eastley I, I look at them just hovering above Notts County there. Again, another two teams to watch out for. So, Eastleigh didn't play this weekend. But, um, yeah, I, I think some, some really important wins, actually, for the likes of Stockport and Wrexham and Hartlepool to, to keep... Uh, their hopes alive, putting, keeping that pressure on Talking Sutton, who have really cemented themselves that, that top two. And as I mentioned, Sutton Bromley is going to be a, a massive game, obviously, where, um, you know, for, for someone like Notts County, you may be hovering, maybe got little faint hopes because of the amount of games they've played. Obviously, you said Ahmed, they're still waiting to find out if they, they're going to play Kingsland. I mean, hopefully uh, that game um, can be on um, coming up for them. But, yeah, I think looking at that, the fixtures Sutton Bromley's a standout. I mean Barnet, who do, do need the points, they coming up against the Oval side on form. That's really a team you do not want to play. So I mean, if Barnet can beat Yeovil, that would be a, that would be a huge, huge win for uh, Barnet. But um, again, I think it's it's, it's a big big week as, as well for the, the likes of of Hartlepool. Um Again, their level on points is Sutton, so if Sutton were to slip up against Bromley, that would give a big chance for Hartlepool pool to to get themselves in front. Obviously, though, Halifax do have um, that winning feeling against sides uh, up the top end of the table. Um, You know, We've beaten Torquay recently, so yeah, I'm looking at it. It's going to be a a very, very uh, interesting week coming up and... Again, you look at Willstone with their current situation as well as that game. Obviously, um, if Willstone still fine to continue um, against a Bournemouth side, I think Bournemouth desperately need a win. Obviously, a couple of draws be disappointing for them. So they'll be looking to to keep that pressure on not to County, make sure they stay in front of Brian Munoz, shot it would be. Waiting to get past them, so that again, that's a, That's a big game for Bournemouth um, coming up uh, at Willstone. So, yeah, another big week uh, in the National League on its way, and I, I think you know maybe looking at some some more twists and turns. It, if maybe Torquay Talky and something were to, were to slip up, and that that could let Hartley pull in. So, and and again, that you're looking from the Bournemouth to I'll, I'll say down to Yeovil there. Teams, and probably Solihull as well, possibly, if they can get their form back up. Teams that you could certainly see keep themselves in that playoff mix. So, yeah, still uh, all to play for. But, uh, you know, I certainly look at EC and Oval there. Big teams to look out for, um, along with Wrexham. And, again, just going lastly back onto Sutton there on a run of four straight wins. Um, so, the big die match against Bromley, I'd say that's certainly the, the standout fixture coming up because of what's at stake and obviously Bromley's goal difference is quite important in my opinion as well only two behind Notts County so again if they'll be slip up for Notts County uh, and Bournemouth that would, that would certainly let Bromley in to, to get to in that top seven so yeah all to play for at gandering lane that's certainly going to be the, the big fixtures to watch uh, coming up this week.
0: Absolutely huge game for Sussan and Bromley which has implications at both ends of the playoff hunt For Sutton, it's a huge chance, as you mentioned, Tom, because Torquay not playing this week. So that will help not only narrow the gap to what point should they get over Bromley, but that inputs even more pressure on talking I, who don't play for, for a while, actually, until they meet Hartlepool on the Saturday mm. when Sutton hosts Wrexham, who are also in form, wow. and had a fantastic turnaround. So, those two games are huge. The 3 o'clock kickoff, I believe, will be talking against Hartlepool before Sutton meet Wrexham in front of the BT cameras. So, that will be a huge game. On Saturday nights I blight on what happens this week in such two of three consecutive home games uh, against Suson, against wilt against Wrexham Bromley and uh, Yoville which is the following midweek there's still the next two could determine how close they could be to the promised land and promotion so it's uh, we're not county chickens on this show but it's a huge thing for Sutton and Hartlepool if they are looking to overhaul Torquay United, who are now on that little that little patch where they're struggling to keep those results up. Once upon a time, it was twelve points. Now it's three. Now it's nearly three. It's yeah,
1: incredible. and you know, yeah, and if you're looking at Hartlepool, if they can get that win at Halifax. That takes them on to to forty six, one point behind Torquay. <laughs> Hartlepool could be above Torquay. By the weekend, and then if Sutton were to do the business, though, um, we, Torquay could be down in, in, in third place. I uh, this is the biggest week in the National League so far. I mean, obviously that's going to be said about it when you come into the back end to maybe to more towards of how the league's going to form. Every week's going to be bigger and bigger, but obviously so far, clearly, you know, we're talking Hartlepool and Sutton-Wrexham meeting on the same day, and again, I talk about a Wrexham side who have won throughout their last five. Uh, you know then go to to, to Sutton and win it, it, could, it could be a situation where Sutton have the chance to go top and then Wrexham would would, would steal in there then maybe end up closing yeah a point and on Sutton it could be a mad week so I'm I'm buzzing for it and you know I can't wait to talk about uh those games on the podcast I, I'm pretty sure they're, they're going to be some exciting I'm expecting them to be exciting games of course with, with some Cajunists them but in the quality in both sides that uh, I'm expecting to see some high-quality, competitive games, um, especially you know Sutton Rex in front of the BT cameras. Both then clubs are certainly going to want to put on the show. And again, as I mentioned, that if, if Sutton can do the business against Bromley, and there's a slip-up from Torquay against Hartlepool, that that's the beauty of the kickoff times as well. Sutton will know if there's a chance that they could end the day top. Maybe it, again, it's kickoff times like that. Maybe the psychological effect. But again, though, the job Matt Gray has done, I think Sutton have shown it. It's, they're made of, of stern stuff. When Sutton slip up, you don't really tend to get in a huge bad run of form, which is which which is it, which is a huge plus, you know, looking at Sutton this season. So, yeah, I'd say, baby, that this could be a, a massive week, um, and particularly for Sutton United, but possibly, yeah, for Hartlepool as well because of going to Torquay. If Hartlepool can get six points, the... The top two could certainly look very different.
0: It's a big week for Channel side indeed, and if if he needed an opportunity, because they've had such amazing home form, they've been on a, a great run up at Victoria at Victoria Park. They, I genuinely believe, if they do the job this week, they have a serious threat on Torquay United. Now, Sutton have three games in hand. Now that will play. Into the four a little bit. This being the opp- one of those opportunities when talking do not play to enhance the the put that enhance that pressure they've already applied on Talkie. And talking about victims of the kickoff times themselves as well. Mm-hmm. When Sutton beat Wilston last Saturday, not the Saturday we not yesterday of course, but last Saturday when they lost when they lost when they lost to, when they lost to Halifax. That was a five thirty kickoff. So. They already knew Sutton had beaten Wilston and closed the gap. With Halifax winning that game at Plainmore, that put the pressure instantly back on Torquay United to go out and try and continue that, try and go back and find that form they were on previously. But you never know, really. You never know. It's a right old mystery, this this old National League malarkey. It really is. But uh, we are looking to this week's games with great trepidation because there's so... Much on the line Not only is there a hunt also has a promotion But it's also the playoff hunt It's so close We're not there at that point of season yet Where it gets much, much more expansive And we see gaps appear in the table At the moment it's still clustered It's very tight So with, with how it looks We could see Three different teams By next Saturday night At the top of the National League Wild to imagine, isn't it?
1: It's mad. That is mad. This is this is the crunch time now for this part of the season. Obviously, you look at like something like they're actually halfway through their season, Um but yeah, it, it's um, it's really now going to show how the league's going to shape up um, by by Saturday evening. That's for sure. And yeah, as you mentioned, Ahmed, the the change of leadership could be could be mad. We could have yeah three different leaders in one day. This is the type of stuff you want. With obviously we've mentioned that there's some very very good teams lurk behind, with the likes of Stockport and Wrexham. Eastleigh are an informed team, and obviously Knott's County never ever ruled them out. You know, for the recent loss and draw they had, they were you know three straight wins, and they'll be confident again after that FA Trophy win. <laughs> Will you know, will, um, will they score more on the Goals as well? <laughs> Certainly, waiting seeing that one, but yeah, I, I can't wait for this week,
0: absolutely. Well, as always, what a week it will be! The conclusion of that, we'll review it next Sunday, and then Monday you'll hear us on the pod. And because we want to make sure we watch all of what happens this week and then review it again, so we're excited. Honestly, we're excited to see what happens in this incredible uh, saga for auto aspiration and playoff hunts. It, it's, it's set to be a crazy finish, but we're about to enter March now. As Tom said, it is crunch time. And the most exciting element of it is with the May 17th being tied the day that we are seeing fans back at the ground. So, at a nationally level, that's pretty much full capacity. Most teams, for some, it's not so much, but it's enough. They're in for the two biggest points of the season. So if this continues, this ridiculous cycle of events continues, we're definitely in for a treat. And when it comes to May the twenty-second, because that's when it really comes to a head, and there's so many big games there on on that particular day. If we actually look to May, it's a long way away, but on that day, you have. Torquay hosting Barnett, may not mean much, but you have Sutton and Hartlepool on that day. You also have Eastley, Bourne, Wood. If the way things are going, they'll be in the hunt for playoffs. Save the shot Bromley. Stockport County against Woking as well. It's a huge game there. North County against Wemins. Wemins could still be trying to fight for survival at that point in the season. North County in the playoff hunt. So much football is at stake at the moment. So, you never know what will happen when we get to that point, especially when when fans are able to be at those games. That is added pressure. So it will be interesting to see what happens to now and then. But yes, that's that's pretty much it for me. And Tom, we have to obviously nominate our Star of the Week. I don't think we have a problem with giving Elijah Sam the award this week for that Castle Award goal.
1: Yeah, pretty much walks that one for me. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll uh, both comfortably uh, agree on that one. Some goal... F- Wow, <laughs> that's fantastic. Our speech was when I first saw that.
0: Incredible. Well, Elijah Sam of Ross County, it's a small award, but it's the least we can offer in a pandemic like this. Otherwise, we'd give you a nice big fat certificate that says you are the 92 <laughs> star of the week. Uh, bravo, though. Well done, Elijah. Great golf. Fantastic strike. It's, if it does not get post award at the end of the year, I don't know what will. But I'm sure there'll be a fair few good ones in a higher level, but that cannot be topped. Absolutely cannot be topped. So props to doing well, not Elijah. I've not. I'm not scouting. Winning our Star of the week award, but. For me and Tom, that's enough for this week. appreciate you sticking with us for the absolute waddle that is our non-league podcast. We've done our best to cover as many parameters as possible for you. And hopefully, with the way things are looking this week in the National League especially, the hunt for promotion is getting ever more exciting with the narrowing of the gap between Torquay and everyone else in the hunt. With three games in hand, Satana looking to overhaul them in the table and they've got a great chance of doing that against... Uh, local rivals, Bromley, before a huge, huge game in front of the BT cameras on Saturday night against Re- newly taken over Wrexham, who are in incredible form. And so Wrexham do have a good record against Green Lane, but they might want to break that train if they want to stay in the playoff race. As for Hartley-Paul, it's a real chance to, have to, continue, to continue their excellent home form by going on the road with it as well. It's a huge chance there as they meet Torquay next Saturday of a full Sutton play against Wrexham. It's, it's a lot on the line. And we'll be back next week to cover on this podcast. But, Tom, as always, great pleasure to have you on and, as always, a fantastic contributor to our show.
1: Cheers, Ahmed. Always enjoyed it. Really. Nice one. Nice one. Nice one.
0: As always, everyone, take care. We've been always—it's been great bringing it to you. Uh, if you don't know now, now you know. Until the next one, guys, follow us on the Twitter, on the socials. As we stressed in the beginning of the show, on Twitter it's nt92pod. If you are on Instagram, it's the underscore between nt92 and pod. And it's not the ninety two podcast at gmail.com for any more queries and thoughts on this show. Until the next one, everyone, stay safe out there and keep tabs locked on our socials for more. Until then, ta tara, everyone.